Hi, and welcome to That's Myrony Podcast. My name's Alicia Myronic, and I am your host and creator of this fun new concept. But first, what exactly is Myrony? Well, Myrony, or my irony, are those crazy coincidences that happen in life that you just can't explain. It's also another word for sign or synchronicity. We've all experienced these throughout our lives. But what if you started paying closer attention to your myronies? What if you started connecting the dots, or as I like to say, follow the spiritual breadcrumbs that could have an impact so big that it changes your life forever, not to mention the lives of others. Now that's myrony. Welcome back to That's My Rainy Podcast. I am so excited to have my next guest because this is actually someone I don't know that much about. However, I got to be on a podcast with her uh, and this is uh, happy to introduce Kenya Gibson. Gibson, Gibson. I saw, I apologize. Gibson. <laughs> it's okay. Kenya is a media maven for iHeartRadio and she also goes by Coach Kenya. So we're going to find out what that is all about, and also dive into her best myronic story. So hi, Kenya, thank you so much for being here today. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to have this conversation with you. Yeah, well, you know, it's absolute myrony of how I ended up on Passage to Profits in the first place. Um, so it, it was it was because of a connection to another connection that led me to Elizabeth Gearhart. So we'll give a shout out to Passage to Profits and Elizabeth with her husband, Richard Gearhart and their amazing podcasts. And, yes. um, and, you know, just being able to, to be on that and to connect with you. And there were definitely some ironies going on in that conversation. So then it was just like, oh my goodness, I got to have you on the podcast. <laughs> uh, well, I appreciate being here. My honor, my honor for sure. Oh, well, thank you so much. Well, I first want to find out a little bit more, like, where did you grow up? What, what's your, what's your story? I mean, cause how you go from being a media maven of iHeartRadio and also it looks like a fitness coach. And so we're just going to find out as much as we can about you. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. I'm, I'm happy to start. So I, I think I knew not think I know at five years old that I was going to work in radio, believe it or not. And really? I did. I did. And what was interesting is that I used to have this little plastic radio, which I wish I would have brought it in. It's actually in my, my other room. Um, I bought a replica of it. Remember the old little radios um, back in the eighties that had the little cassette player that you could stick in there and it had a little microphone that you could detach and record yourself. So like the little picture price. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, and you know, basically I would interview my little sister and I would tell her, I'm like, you're going to be Mariah Carey. Like I would tell her like who she was going to be. And then I would interview her. And it was like something that I strangely as a kid always wanted to, to play. It was like this radio interview game. And I innately knew that that is what I wanted to do. And my stepdad, um, you know, he always, one thing that I always loved about him is that he always said, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up from when we were very little? And I would be like, I, you know, I want to be in broadcasting. I want to be on the radio. And he would say, okay, if you're going to be on the radio, you have to know how to read and, you know, speak really well. And you have to be able to speak or read like you're, you're speaking, right? Mm -hmm. So he would have me read at the kitchen table, practice reading these little, you used to have these little jet magazines used to come up. They used to be like these little weekly uh, pamphlet type of magazines. And they have like all these little stories in there. Uh -huh. And I would sit at the kitchen table and I would actually read to him, you know, and he would kind of cry. He'd be like, no, you got to say it like this. And you have to, he would teach me like all the little places that you have to kind of emphasize and change the inflection in your voice. And I'm like, and this is all like when I was a really little kid. So wow. it was always there. Um, and, but there were a few situations in my life that it looked like it wasn't going to happen, but you know, it looked like it wasn't going to happen, but inside I never aligned with that. Like I always knew that I would, opportunities would come for me and they didn't always come very easy and they still don't, but I just knew, you know, that, you know, inside yeah. what you're supposed to be doing. Well, there's a big difference between timing and divine timing. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So where so, did you, where did you grow up? 
So I was born in Albany, New York, which is okay. upstate New York, um, mm -hmm. and moved to Middletown, New York, which is the Hudson Valley of New York when I was a little, little kid. So probably about three years old, my mom um, moved me and my sister and I to the Hudson Valley. And we, we, we grew up here. Um, we actually grew up in the inner city part, which is Middletown, New York, um, in public housing. Um, mm -hmm. We, you know, lived in the projects probably a good portion of our childhood, which was great because I felt like I always had kids to play with. You know, what was interesting is that, you know, we were very blessed and fortunate compared to a lot of other families um, that lived in low-income housing. I mean, we, I always felt like we always had it where we didn't have to worry about stuff, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and when you're a little kid and you're kind of self-aware and you, you kind of know that your situation um, is a, is a little bit more better than someone else who might be going through it. You, you know, it makes you thankful. It makes yeah. you thankful. And, you know, we were very fortunate that my parents were able to save enough money to move us out of public housing into a brand new house. They built a brand new house back in the nineties, uh, and then moved us out to the suburbs, which, you know, really didn't, uh, work well for me <laughs> because, I was very social and we went from living in housing where there was a bunch of kids to play with to living on four acres of land with no kids. Oh, and, wow. uh, you know, the only kid we I had to play with was this kid, Dan, who used to live across the street and used to light fires in his backyard and ironically ended up being a firefighter later on in life. But he just wasn't always good to play with because you're like, oh, I know, just know I'm going to get in trouble with him. <laughs> well, maybe we could say ironically that he ended up as a firefighter. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, so I didn't, I didn't adjust well, um, socially, you know, we, there were very few, you know, people of color and I come from a biracial background where I have a Caucasian mom and a black dad and race was never really anything that we were raised with, you know, mm -hmm. outside of, you know, some family experiences that we had. So, you know, I mean, there just wasn't much diversity and I didn't adjust well, needless to say, um, I, when I was 16 years old, I decided that I was going to leave home because I was not happy there and got my driver's license. And I found $50 in a 7-Eleven parking lot. And I bought a 40 ounce of beer and a bus ticket to go move back to Albany with my grandmother. Oh my and, goodness. And I never moved back home since then. <laughs> so yeah. So I was really uh, like, not a bad kid, but like a very courageous kid and like, and not even rebellious, just like, you know, I always knew what I wanted and I, I was pretty good at discerning a good situation, you know, from a bad situation. And I was like, this is just not what I want my, my life to turn out to be. Like, I just felt like there was, you know, there was other things. So, and yeah. it was good for, it was good for me that move. A lot of good things happened for me. You know, I was able to meet my high school sweetheart who was who was now my husband um oh, god 17 years yes it hasn't been all peaches and cream but I mean, that, that's a whole nother conversation but right. we're, we're we're all a work in progress and I will say that one of the best investments I've ever made besides my children has been the relationship with my husband because I really feel like you know, we watched each other grow up and we've grown into this space now where we can really help a lot of couples who are going through it and, and give them hope that it's going to work. So I feel Aww. that God is, God is going to use that in some way, shape or form. But I say all that to say, you know, I met my husband. Um, I actually, you know, I finished high school. I started college up there, but I also, I think what the most important thing that happened to me while I was there is I really found out who I was through a lot of different life experiences and social experiences. And um, it allowed me to be free as a person where I felt like I never had that really growing up. You know, I grew up in a very strict household and I just, my grandmother um, really just like gave me freedom and, and, and allowed me to, 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 to grow and to be who I was. And, and I think that's very important because I believe that that is attributed to I, who I've become today. And, you know, it's interesting, you know, I didn't make, always make the right choices Mm -hmm. But even in the not best decisions, like I always was able to come out on the other side. And I, yeah. I know that's the grace of God over my life. Um, and, and one of them even being my son, you know, like I got, I had my son as a teenager. So I was my last two years of um, two years, two months of high school. I got pregnant with my son. Nobody knew I was oh, wow. pregnant with him. 
Um, I hid it for a while, probably until I was almost five or six months. Um, and the only reason why my mother found out was because my grandmother blurted out that I was taking like prenatal vitamins. And she's like, what are you taking these pills for? So other than that, I probably would have had a few more months where I wouldn't <laughs> would have been able to hide it. But, you know, obviously my parents were happy about it, but, you know, it was something that I felt like I needed to go through with. And just trusted that I would figure out how to make it work. And I have, our son is 22 years old now. He's finishing his last year of college at Western Connecticut. And I, if I had to go change anything, I probably wouldn't because he's like the best kid you could possibly have, you know? And, yeah. And that's with your high school. The- yeah. Yep. So wow. he's, our, he's 22. Our daughter is 16. She's about to be 16. Naya, she's going to be 16 uh, this April. So yeah, we have one of each, we had them young, but we're done. (laughs) Yeah. But you were able to survive all that. Like, I mean, like in the sense as a couple, like to, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, so many relationships, um, I'm sure. Well, so a lot of things that, um, a lot with myrony is the spiritual side, you know, and I represent God is love with an awesome sense of humor with the logo of winky. (laughs) And, you know, truly because we have free will and, you know, and recognizing that, you know, maybe there's some things that if we open our, our, our view just a little bit more, um, you know, maybe they'll make some more, some answers that'll make a little bit more sense. And that's a lot of what has happened in my life. And, you know, I'm just here to, you know, share maybe this higher perspective that we can look at. And that's what my irony is, you know, it's recognizing these crazy coincidences that we can't explain, you know, I'd say there's absolutely no coincidences, but also it's the signs that are given to us, but then there's an action we can take. And that's why I say it's synchronicity emotion. So myrony is literally a modern day word for synchronicity. It's also meant to be able to be shared on social media. Instead of just our selfies, we can start sharing our myronies and we can start connecting our stories around the world because, you know, it's like, how, how would we know these incredible stories unless we actually ask the questions? But what if we could just start sharing that sort of content? Because like your story is such a beautiful soulmate relationship. It doesn't mean that it's easy, mm-hmm. but you have that true soul connection. And to see that you went from high school to where you are now, and that's beautiful. And yeah, you guys are absolutely an inspiration. So is that part of your Coach Kenya that you guys are. <laughs> no, it's not actually. What's funny is, you know, I got the name Coach Kenya from uh, one of my co-hosts um, that I used to work with in radio. So I came, I worked for iHeart for a few years in another market in Poughkeepsie up here, actually. Okay. And I did afternoon drive and I had a segment with um, my co-host. His name was Chris Marino. He's actually still on the air up here um, on Kiss 96.1. And we, we were doing this health and wellness segment and he's like, you're going to be coach Kenya. So he named me that <laughs> he named me that and it stuck. And, um, you know, at the time, I still not even at the time, I still do. I was teaching, um, group fitness classes for crunch fitness, which I still do to this day mm-hmm. actually. And that's where the whole like fitness thing came from. So I lost about, I would say 65 pounds or so teaching group exercise. I had no experience. I remember wow my first teaching job was at the Middletown YMCA. I was so broke and I wanted a membership there, but could not afford one. And I got, saw a little sign that they were hiring for the front desk. So I was like, God, you got to get a membership with this thing. Right. Right. So they, they, I only worked Friday nights. That was the only shift they couldn't find anybody to cover, but I worked it for years and I was able to get a fitness membership and took a few classes and there was this amazing group exercise instructor, uh, Becca Jackson, who I loved her classes. And she came to me one day, she's like, you know, you should come with me to this certification. You seems like you really like the class and you should get certified. I'm like, I have no credentials to teach people fitness. I'm like, I just like to take your class. And she's like, no, you should totally come. So she dragged me all the way upstate to this fitness certification. It was for um, a plat for a fitness format called Insanity. I don't know if you remember Beachbody and like oh Sean my God. T. And all oh, what's his name? He's amazing. Oh my yes. gosh. I used to do Insanity and that was like the hardest workout. Hardest like- one you can. Yeah. I mean, out of all the certifications, I was like, I can't, I've never even done this. I'm like, I don't want to go up there and die. Like this is, <laughs> this is not the plans, but I went and I loved it. 
And, you know, I love the exercise science component to it. I did the certification. I, I came back. So she and I were the only two that had the certification in like the entire area. So we came back to the YMCA and we pitched them and we were like, listen, we, we have the certification. We can create this program for you. It'd be exclusive to your members and, you know, let wow. us do it. And I never taught before and they let me do it. And every week we had, I mean, it just grew and it grew and it grew and it just was like, God, like I might not suck at this. Right. So <laughs> when people kept coming back, I was like, this is probably part of what I'm supposed to be doing. And, and to this day, I, I know for sure that it is, it's one of those things that I wouldn't, I wouldn't care if I got paid for it or not. I right. love, you know, motivating people. I love, um, and I don't think I'm your typical like fitness instructor. Like, you know, I am not like, you know, a size zero and like, you know, I'm just not like, I don't fit the profile, but like everything about me in terms of like knowing how to get strong in your own way, embracing the body that you have and like just teaching you how to feel good with where, where you are is yeah. like, those are like the three components that I feel come out in my classes and anybody that I work with. And it's been so good because I feel like it's led to like all these other things that I wouldn't have considered for myself. So, yeah. Wow. It sounds like your life has just been full of a lot of ironies, which I love. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. For sure. The ironies are like connecting the dots in our life. But I like to say it's we follow the spiritual breadcrumbs. It's like we we see this little tiny like we see something we get this like aha like moment like oh I need to go that way and it may not make any sense but you're just like okay you know and it's like when a door opens you know walk in as I said earlier on the podcast or before we started it's like mm -hmm. this whole conversation is just step aside and let God guide <laughs> and you and you have to learn how to do that and even in the times where you don't understand I think there's a lot of people right now who probably feel like what is going on? You know, mm -hmm. I mean, our industry has certainly changed a lot in the last, I would say eight months to a year. And it's like, I think a lot of people feel like what, what's happening? Like, and sometimes when it feels like nothing is happening, that's really when the most is happening. And I feel like mm -hmm. God is doing the most because it's like in those moments, kind of like somebody gave this, gave me this analogy one time where you know, you're, it's like how a photograph is developed, right? Remember the old school, you'd go in the dark room and, you know, yep. like you have to do this, all this like stuff just to get one photo. Mm -hmm. It's like, that's what happens sometimes in the dark places in life. You don't understand what's happening, but that's when God is doing the most development in you so that when you get into the light and the exposure starts to happen, you know, the, the picture comes out beautiful, right? And, and oh. you're representing something that, um, just has some substance. And, um, even those times in my life where I don't, un didn't understand, I was just like, God, what is this? You know, I remember when I, um, moved back to the same housing development uh, that I grew up in with my son. And I just was like, how am I back here? Right. Mm -hmm. in, in this point in my life and being in that dark space. And, and mm -hmm. I remember, feeling so hopeless. And, and I was remember sitting on my floor in my apartment crying in the dark. And I was like, God, if you're real, I need you to show me a sign. Cause I was at a very low point emotionally. I mean, nothing was happening for me in the radio space. Um, I had no money. I, I didn't have a dime. I mean, I was really, really struggling and just not in a good space spiritually or emotionally. Mm -hmm. And um, a few days, like literally a day later in the mail, I had gotten this beautiful journal from this lady she has a ministry her name is Paula White and I had no idea I'd never heard of her before but she was cute and she had really nice clothes on and and beautiful shoes and I was like oh I want to dress like her <laughs> right so I literally sat there and, and it had some scriptures in there and it was very simple it wasn't religious it was just like simple yeah. scriptures that spoke to me at that time and then it had a little place where I could journal and that got me through that like the darkest times and it allowed me to experience God in like my own way, you mm -hmm. know, with, without this, these religious precepts. So I would definitely say that that was a turning point and a pinnacle in my life, because that's really when my relationship with God started. And then I really start to see those signs and those spiritual breadcrumbs, breadcrumbs, like you were mentioning to start following, you know, the path that he had. You know? Yeah, absolutely. And that, that's so beautiful because I feel the same way in that, you know, like in the darkest moments. And I actually 
I'm writing a memoir where it's called Please Save Me. It's how I discovered Myrony, but also God and not just the universe. Mm-hmm. And the story is, uh, I mean, it's it's a crazy story that it, people have heard on my podcast is where I was born, engaged and married in the same hospital in six mm, days. Wow. And then my father passed away one week later. And wow. so it, it's a crazy story, but I literally feel like I challenged God one day because I was getting married and um, I literally pulled together this incredible wedding where the reception was going to be in the courtyard of this hospital. My dad was in, uh, he had uh, lung cancer, never smoked a day Mm. in his life and was passing away very quickly. And it was torrential downpour. And I'm from the East coast. I'm from New Jersey. So just imagine this Kenya, like East coast, end of August, torrential downpour where Mm -hmm. it's like, I mean, jokingly, like build an ark and start loading up the animals kind of rain. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, <laughs> and mm-hmm. everybody's like, what are you going to do? And I said, if there truly is a God, he will not take this away from my father. The next day, there was not a cloud in the sky, not a drop of rain, no humidity, mm-hmm. mid-70s. It was an unheard of day. And then yeah. I went through some really dark times. And I believe I was shown that sign to always be like, I showed up. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, and, and it was like this journey, you know, and mm-hmm. that's actually one of the reasons why I do this podcast is to show when we feel lost, you know, because true faith is when we actually can let go of fear. And how mm-hmm. do we let go of fear is sometimes when we're in those darkest moments, because it's not through the good that we see the good. It's through mm-hmm. the, you know, it's through the, the good, the bad, the ugly, the ugly is how we see the beauty. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's so how we, that's how we actually grow. And I love this. Um, I actually pulled this up where you have Psalm 91 11 mm. and it says, for he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. And I just love the fact that you put that like on your Instagram and, you know, it's just, and like you were saying, it's like the, the scripture that's just simple and it doesn't have to have any sort of religious content. If it does, if somebody connects that way, great. Mm-hmm. But it's mm-hmm. just like recognizing it's just recognizing, you know, God is God. The word is the word, the Bible, you know, if we, even yeah. any of the other beautiful holy texts that's out there, you know, it's just like, there's so much out there. And th- that's actually what I'm trying to do with my irony. So I love the fact that you shared that story because that's just true. Yeah, beautiful. no. And I appreciate that because I think, you know, I, um, I grew up Catholic, you know, um, Me too. and yeah. <laughs> and, um, it was an interesting experience. And I always, you know, I always questioned God from when I was a young age. I mean, I remember going to do my first confession and we, you know, they put you in the little box with the the priest yeah. and you go in there and you say, you know, you confess your soul and you, they tell you to say five Hail Marys and our father. And I remember coming out and saying to the nun, I was like, well, how, how come I have to go into a box and talk to a, str- talk to a stranger in order to talk to God? And she, she didn't have an answer. And I was like, well, this, <laughs> so for me, you know, that is really where I was able to, you know, discover that, you know, the grace of God, right. Mm-hmm. And that we do have a right to talk to God, you know, on our own. And, you know, and even, you know, when you think about the life of Christ and, and when he walked the earth and he connected with all these people that were in all these different walks of life, like he was where the lowly people were, right. you know, he, he wasn't in a church building. Um, he was where the people needed him to be. And, and, you know, he's the one that gave us our right to be able to go to God direct, you know, which, yeah. you know, if you want to go talk to somebody in a box and a stranger, that's cool. But at the same time, we also have a right to go to God on our own. And, and I found a lot of, um, a lot of power and a lot of freedom in that. Right. Mm-hmm. So I was set free from the religious part and actually started to learn how to enjoy my relationship with God and not feel like I had to, you know, walk, walk under condemnation. And like, I wasn't good enough to approach God, you know? And, and that's, that's really what I think my story is about is that, you know, you don't always have to make all the right decisions in order to get to a place where God wants to and will bless you with what you want. You know, I think about how I even started off in radio. I had I had no radio experience, none. I mean, my first job in radio was um, managing the public file, which I probably nobody knows who that is, what that is unless you work in radio. So we, the FCC requires you to 
uh, keep a record of like mm -hmm. all your political advertising and all your public affairs advertising. And you have to keep it on public file so people can come in and they do inspections. So I, um, I was working at a psychiatric center, believe it or not. And because uh, I had lost my car, I had lost pretty much everything. And but I it was across the street from where I lived in housing. So I didn't need a car to get there. I just I walked there. And what was interesting, just to back it up a little bit, I got it through um, unemployment had a um, not a career fair, but something that they made you go to when you were unemployed because I had just lost my job. Okay. And they were like, oh, you know, you got to come to this thing. You have to talk to this um, staffing agency. So I'm sitting there and I'm talking filling out the application. And she's asking me all these questions about what my skills are. She, she's writing on the paper. She looks up at me and she goes, you sound like you should work in radio. And I oh. literally sat there and I started to cry because oh. I, that wasn't always in my heart to do what I felt like I had no shot. Right. Well, not, I had no shot, but my life was not looking like that. at but the time. But that was your divine irony. That was your yeah. breadcrumb to be like giving you that spark of God being like, keep going. Don't give keep up on going. your dream. Yeah. Keep going. So needless to say, my next job wasn't radio is working at the psychiatric center. <laughs> And it was like, okay, God, this is like really a joke, right? Um, so I, you know, I'm walking there every day. I worked there for a few years and then they, the, the state decides that it's not decides it runs out of money and they're going to close my hospital that I work at. I literally had no job, like no job to go to. And I'm sitting there with faith. I'm not crying. I'm not upset. I'm literally packing up my box. And then I get a call from Clear Channel, which was it's was Clear Channel at the time. It was I it's iHeart now, but it was Clear Channel back then. And they're like, this guy's like, oh, you applied for this job. Um, you know, we want to interview you. So I, you know, I go to the interview. I don't hear anything for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. But I call him every day for like eight weeks. No oh, wow. joke. One day, out of the blue, he calls me, Reggie Alster. How I owe my intro to radio to him. He calls me and he's like, hey, are you still interested in that job you interviewed for? I'm like, I thought you filled it. I'm like, I thought I didn't get the job. And um, he's like, you're the only one that called. He goes, you, that called me about the job after I interviewed you and you were persistent. So if you want it, you can take it. And I was like, oh, this is it. This is my break. So I get to the HR office. I don't even know how much I'm making. I'm literally talking to them. I'm like, how much is this job pay again? And it was like, no, it was like $9 an hour. And it, at the time, I was just like to my husband, like, oh my God, like how, like, how are we going to even live? Like this is like, but I didn't care. Like I, it was one of those things. Like I, all I needed to know was I was going to get into the door and I just needed to get mm -hmm. into the door. And that's, that was it. I drove up to this old radio station up in Kingston, 40 minutes a day in the winter time, that whole winter, it didn't snow one time because I was afraid <laughs> to drive in the snow. <laughs> and it was over this creepy old Mexican restaurant. It was like a really bad Scooby-Doo mystery show. And that's what it felt like every day going there. I was like, oh, this is so scary. And it was only me most of the time, except for the people that would come in the radio station. It was an AM station and record the public affairs programming and do the radio show. And I'm like, this is God, this is not the glamorous life of a radio. I thought it was going to be. So I stayed there for a year. And then and that's where God is funny, right? He, he's so funny because it's not, it, you know, the funny thing is, is I ended up back in AM radio again, which I'm like, what is this about? Right? Like the, I would have never picked AM radio for myself. So I um stayed there for a year and then they finally transferred me closer to my house. And they literally in the little office that I had there, they put a whole radio station because wherever you had, wherever the public file was, you had to have a place to go on the air. Right. Mm -hmm. So they literally would, they put in this radio station inside of my office. It was like literally mics and a whole setup and then me. And I sat in that little office for four years by myself, you know, managing all the public affairs programming, um, going to school full time. I finally was able to go back and finish my degree after dropping out of college. And um, God used that time to just like to cultivate me. And it made no sense. And then in 2009, um, the recession started and radio got hit really bad. And I was doing weekends on Light FM and I lost my weekend shift to Casey Kasem, right? God rest his soul, right? So it was like me or Casey Kasem. It's like Casey Kasem. Um, so, you know, I got my shift got replaced and all the local jocks lost their, their gigs because they syndicate 
shows I remember when all that was was shifting actually it was bad I mean everybody in the industry was impacted and I'll mm-hmm. tell you the only thing that helped me keep my job was that I was managing the FCC file and that was a lead that was a federal you had to by law have an employee in that spot. And that was my saving grace was that job. I was like, everybody else is like, you know, it was horrible. And then I'm like, oh my God, God, I have a job. Right. And I remember when I lost that opportunity, I was so tearful. I was so upset. And I remember just looking up to the sky and I said, God, I know this doesn't feel good right now, but I know you're going to use it and something, something better is going to come of it. And and eventually it did. I mean, I left, I had to go into radio sales and marketing because there was nothing else to do in the building. And I was going to continue to make no money and like Mm -hmm. try to raise a family. And then I decided that I was going to take that risk. And I remember the marketing manager saying to me, well, if this doesn't work out, I can't, there's nothing I can do. I'm not going to be able to get your job back. I said, I have nothing to lose. I'm making no money. I have to do something. So I went into radio sales and they told me that if I could sell a sponsorship, I, that I would get back on the air. And that's how I ended back up in the air on afternoon drive with Chris Marino, who I was telling you about. I sold my afternoon drive slot to crunch fitness, who I was working for. And they sponsored my segment because it was health and wellness. And that's how I got back on the radio. And long story short, I ended up in CBS probably two years later from an old radio edition that I did when I was 21 years old in New York city where a guy by the name of Troy Terrain, who had the, he had the biggest radio morning show in the country. And I auditioned, I made it all the way to the end and I didn't get picked. And I remember they picked the winner on my birthday and I was like, oh my God, this is so horrible. Like, but I'm glad I didn't get, I'm glad I didn't get that job for a lot of reasons because it probably would not have been good for me in the long run. Um, But Troy, to his credit, and I will always be thankful to him for this. I called him out the blue one day he didn't remember who I was, but I was like, I was the girl that, you know, auditioned for you. He's like, out of all these girls, right? He, but he helped me and he said, listen, what are you doing right now? I said, I'm sitting in Poughkeepsie. I don't know what to do. And this is what I want to do. I want to be, be on the air. And he said, I, I'm going to connect you to a guy named Ron Castro who works at CBS radio and he's going to call you. And, he, and Ron called me. He offered me a job. I turned the job down because I was scared. Mm-hmm. And then- Ron said to me, you're making the biggest mistake of your life. And no one's ever said that to me. And I think he was saying that because he was like a sales guy and it was a good sales tool. So it worked, Ron. But (laughs) I say all that to say, he said to me, call me back on Monday and don't tell me no. And I prayed and I said, God, you have to show me that this is you because I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to do it without you. I'd be too afraid. Right. So I called him back on Monday And I said, I just need to know that this is where I'm supposed to be going. And he actually gave me $20,000 more in my offer than I had asked for to seal the deal. And I had, at that point, it felt like I had made a million dollars because I had made no money up until that point. Right. And I took the job and that's how I ended up in New York city and, um, stayed at CBS for three years. And then I got an email from iHeart in New York city here where I'm at now asking me if I was interested in um, coming there. So that's how I ended up back in iHeart. But I, in my heart, I always wanted to work at iHeart because I remember saying it to them up in Poughkeepsie and they were like, oh, we'll help you. And it didn't work out that way. So God figured it out and got me where I had to be anyway. So here I am. Oh my God, what an incredible story. I am Thank so you. glad I asked you to be on the podcast because you're just <laughs> one big irony. <laughs> one big irony. And sometimes, you know, you like... It's funny because it's good for me to talk about it too. Because sometimes it's not that you forget, but when you're having, you're in like a little bit of a bad patch and you feel like things aren't moving, mm-hmm. it's good to remember where God has brought you from, right? I, I think I think about like, um, and I used to journal a lot too. Like I used to write down when when things prayers would be answered and blessings would come because I knew I would have those days that I would need to be reminded mm-hmm. that God is faithful and He's opens up doors for you and like. I, I mean, the people that I've met, the buildings that I've been in, I remember going to CBS and, and meeting Scott Shannon for the first time and meeting like all these legendary radio broadcasters that I listened to, you know, growing up. And even my mom, like she loved CBS 101 and she's like, oh my God, like, you know, you like, you, you go there, like you see that, you know, I'm like, yeah. And it was weird. And, and, and 
You know, um, I remember the only time I was really nervous and jaded to meet anybody was when I got to iHeart and I met um, the, I was at the breakfast club for the first time. And I think that's when it set in. So Power 105.1, where I'm at right now, you know, we have one of the biggest multicultural morning shows in the country, the breakfast club, it's Charlemagne, Angela Yee, uh, and DJ Envy. And I had, I remember my first few weeks working, I wouldn't go upstairs. Cause I was like a little, like I was a little afraid inside. Cause it would, yeah. it was, I was like, God, this is like, and not that where I was, was like shabby, but this is like, this was like really the big next, the next big level. Yeah. 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 And I was so like, and I tried to play it off. Like, you know, you, you're not, you're not nervous, but I was, it took me a little while to, to have the courage to, um, to walk in there. And, you know, God's so good because I remember, um, you know, the first time that I, I met Charlemagne, um, he actually, in the beginning, when I got to iHeart and got to power, he was very, um, helpful in terms of like, you know, encouraging me to start my podcast and, and, you know, he actually was one of the first people I got to interview on my podcast, which was like that it was huge. I mean, he's like one of the biggest personalities in the country, you know, and I, got to talk to him and, you know, about his book. And it just, it just, I don't think it set in until that moment happened. And it was funny because I was looking at a picture that somebody took from me interviewing him. And that interview almost didn't happen because I was supposed to, it was supposed to be me. And we had a sponsor who was going to do the interview with me. And then the sponsor, who was actually a really good friend of mine, he called me. He's like, I can't make it. I'm like, I can't, can't like, this is like the, one of the biggest interviews of my, you know, I can't cancel him, you know, and I, and I'm glad I didn't, you know, and I think it was funny because uh, there's a whole nother backstory to that. And you and I could talk about that offline, but you know, when I, No, I don't know who's listening to this. Like, yeah, we're gonna be like, we could have like conversations <laughs> for hours. So, well. <laughs> but you know what was interesting is I was looking at before this interview, I was looking at that picture that somebody took of me in that interview, and I was like, God, like that was a irony. That was a moment where I knew that I was supposed to be, I was doing what I was supposed to be doing. And let me tell you something: there is a lot of people in this business that will tell you that you shouldn't be who you are. And the one piece of advice that I had to give to anybody that has gotten me to this point is know who you are and stick to that. I always knew when I was five years old that I was going to work in radio. I was going to work in New York and that I am going to be one of the biggest talk radio personalities in the country. I, I know that. And I'm not saying that in a boastful way. No, I, I you just know. God has made me sure of that, right? Yeah. And the only reason why, and I don't want to cry, but I'm thankful that I had to go the way that I came. And I'm thankful for all the no's. I'm thankful for all the rejection. I'm thankful for all the people that said, that I couldn't do this because I am doing it, you know? And, um, and this is just the tip of the iceberg. Like I, mm-hmm. and, and it's, I had to come this way so that God could use me to inspire other people that if you have something inside of you, that's telling you that you're supposed to do something, that is the voice you're supposed to be listening to, not the people around you. Yes. Right. And I'm so, and I'm thinking, I'm so glad I didn't put my lashes on today. Cause they would be on, they'd be on my glasses. <laughs> God knows that he knew I was going to cry. And I, and this is okay. Cause it's, it's a good cry. Well, it's a happy, it's, it's authentic. It's raw. It's who you are. It's your yeah. story. And it's our story that we can connect to. And if we right. don't share the ugly parts of our story, that's yeah. actually where we can, and it's not ugly because it's actually so beautiful. It's, it's when, so beautiful. Yeah, because yeah. when we're in that dark place and, you know, I haven't, we haven't, we definitely are having a conversation off air for sure. And then I'll have you back on too, because yeah, I'd love I, that. I love the fact that we can just share the, the, the really, you know, people like to call it the, you know, the uh, dark side of the soul or whatever they call mm-hmm. it, I forget what, but it really is when we're, it's like we're in a dark tunnel, but there's a light mm-hmm. at the end and we just can't see it, but just knowing right. that it's there. And if you just keep moving towards it 
and just letting go and having faith. And, um, you know, and it, I mean, it's kind of funny if anyone told me what I would be doing, you know, 10 years ago, that this is what I was terrified to speak in front of people, mm, how mm. I got over my fears. That's a funny, that's a funny, myronic story I can share. And, you know, yeah, story. no, you, and you don't know what, you don't know what's going to be used, right? Like, I, listen, I thought, you know, when I was 21 years old, when I was auditioning, for star in the morning, that that was my break. But I was thinking to myself also, who was going to listen to a 21 year old who had nothing to say? Like I had, mm -hmm. I had not, I mean, at that point I had already been a mom and I could probably speak to some of those things, but like, I didn't have any real, I mean, I, I won't say I didn't have any real, cause I definitely had some real life experience, but like, it was like my character wasn't there yet, mm -hmm. you know, and you can have real life experiences, but you have to have substance that goes along with that. If you really want to be used, I mean, it's one, if you, all it's about is being famous and being seen and being known, like that's another bucket for me. It's about, you know, I just really want to be in a space that God can use me to encourage people, you know, and, and it, and trust me, you know, this business has its perks and, you know, when you get to meet, a, you know, a lot of cool people and, and be around a lot of interesting things, but it's also a very, um, tough business because, mm -hmm. you know, everybody doesn't receive you. I was, um, I was watching today and he's, you know, very controversial, but Rush Limbaugh just passed yeah. yesterday. Right. And what, whether you feel or not what you feel about Rush Limbaugh, right. One thing that I will say about him watching a clip of his early career was that he said in an interview, he goes, you know, six years ago, he goes, I couldn't get the attention of the dog catcher. And here I am sitting here in New York City on ABC, you know, with the number one talk show. I mean, he, he revolutionized talk radio and, and there's something to be said about that. Like, and I, and I know the reason why he got to where he got to, because he knew who he was. Like, that's what gets, that is the only thing that separates people from getting from point A to point B of what they want to do is, is knowing who you are. When you know who you are, listen, I, and that's, and not being, you know, cocky about it, but really innately knowing who you are and what you're called to do, like everything, God will align everything in the universe to make sure that that comes to fruition for Absolutely. you. Right. Absolutely. But you'll have little, you'll have tests that'll come that'll, that'll try to <laughs> trick you out of thinking that that's what he has for you. Right. That's so an understatement. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, I got, I, I mean, I still have those moments where I'm like, and then, and then I have to remind myself, which is why, and I encourage a lot of people to do this. Like I'm a really big into seeing things. Like, so I have a lot of vision boards around me. You can't see any of this stuff, but like in, like in my room, like I keep stuff around me that reminds me of what God has done and what he's got, you know, like I, you got to see it because yeah. it's, it's there not just to say, Oh, I want that, but it's there as a reminder that, you know, you can, excuse me, you can get there, mm -hmm. you know, you can get there. So, you know, I think, um, seeing yourself in a circumstance, I remember the first time I, I went into, uh, the studio at the breakfast club and I was like sitting in there and energetically, I was just like, Oh my God. Like, so, I remember some, something, I just felt something like, oh, you know, like, you know, you don't deserve to be like up here. It's like funny how we have these little voices that like, we, you know, and I'm like, well, and then, you know, God reminds you and he's like, well, why not you? You mm -hmm. know what I mean? So you have to pay attention to the voice of truth. Absolutely. Right? And that's that. And really what my irony is, is you see the signs and then you trust that internal gut feeling and that mm -hmm. is God guiding us, you know, and, yes. and at the same time, if people aren't comfortable saying God and they ju just recognizing something higher, just recognizing mm -hmm. something greater than ourselves, because if we can start looking from that higher perspective, like I'm happy to say the word God. I mean, that's, mm -hmm. that's part of this journey that I've been on, but you know, I was a total universe girl that, totally changed my perspective because of Catholicism. Actually, I mm -hmm. put God in a box known as religion. It's okay uh -huh. to put God in that box if that's, but that was not the box that I wouldn't even, I, I couldn't even say the word God. Mm -hmm. And I made that mistake on my own. And I created the relationship just like you've created your relationship. And mm -hmm. it is a personal relationship. And I think if anything, and for us having a voice and we can kind of share this and like, really breaking it down. It really is of compassion. It's not of judgment. You know, mm -hmm. who's to say what it really is, you know, like in right. a sense, but what if we start putting it all together? Maybe we'll have a much bigger picture. 
Well, um, it does all go together. I you know I, I look at the I look at the universe like this, right? God is a creator uh-huh. and, and he created the universe and he uses universal law, right, yeah. and spiritual law for things to occur. I mean, you know, there there's you know a thing about sowing and reaping, like that's a biblical principle. It's very, it's true. And, and it's like so you, you reap what you sow. Like it, it's very like. So it's like, you know, God's not a weirdo, you know, even no. when we talk about like, you know, even, you know, doing a vision board or writing things on paper, you know, the Bible says to write the vision down and make it plain. Like that's a, like, that's a spiritual instruction. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So, so God put all these tools here, you know, for us to be able to tap in, to learn more about him and to, you know, cultivate our relationship with him in a way where it's not weird. Like he just wants to talk to us. Yeah. Right. We make it, we make it weird. Like I always tell people, you know, religion is a, is a man-made cultivated thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like man yeah. creates a religion. Right. And, and, and it's no knock to anyone. Right. But that's what it is. It's a man-made yeah. thing where God, from the very beginning, all he wanted was to have a relationship with us. That's right. it. We're the ones who ask for the rules. You know, we're the ones that, you know, I remember the uh, children of Israel, they asked for the 10 commandments. Moses was like, you don't want those. You're not even going to be able to keep them. And they were like, no, we need some, we need guideline, you know? So, so it's like, there's all these things because God knows that we're going to, we're going to mess it up and we're mm-hmm. going to screw it up. And I tell people all the time, right? This is why I'm so thankful for my experience with Catholicism. And now where I'm at, you know, and my, my walk with Christ is that, you know, Jesus died so that I don't have to worry about being a perfect human being. And that's all I have to accept. That's it. It takes out all the other stuff, you know, all the stuff that I used to have to pray to feel like I was good enough. And it takes away all the condemnation and it really helps you experience the grace of God. And I remember a prayer that I prayed one time where I was like, I prayed to understand what grace was because I just felt like I was living under such guilt and condemnation. Mm -hmm. And when I prayed that I made every bad choice or decision you could probably make and God still took care of me and he still provided for it. So, so this goes to show you that you're not here to try to be perfect. You're here to be who you are and you let God bring you to the phases and grow you to where you got to be. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, that's so beautiful. I'm just, I'm so I feel so honored and blessed to be having this conversation with you. Like seriously. Uh, likewise. Like, like this was good for me. It was, it was, you know, very therapeutic to, to be able to get all this out, you know? Well, I'm just so curious because I mean, I will tell you, it was all divine irony that connected me to, uh, to Elizabeth Gerhardt to then connect to you. So we're having this conversation, mm-hmm. but how did, I'm so curious, how did you get connected to Elizabeth to create <laughs> that's a good to profit? That's a good irony story. So um, I met Elizabeth and Richard at a show, a live show that I did at CBS um, mm-hmm. that I w- we was working on. I was over, I was on the air over there for three years. It was, it was a show called um, Gut Wisdom that I was on. It was all about using your intuition to make decisions in business and life, right? And I was like, I had no, even at the time I was like, oh, why am I a part of this? <laughs> I'm like, I don't know how, you know, you just feel like unqualified for things, right? So we had this live um, studio audience show and they came, they came as, as guests, we met. And then we, um, we didn't meet again until I came to iHeart and I reconnected with Elizabeth. And then I was like, hey, do you wanna just get together for drinks? And we met at the Roxy, which is this really cool hotel across the street from our stations in Tribeca at iHeart. And oh, wow. she and I sat there, down there and I think it was like at least a bottle of champagne later. I was like, she's like, oh, you know, we need to market the firm. and but it's patents and it's, you know, it's boring and we got to figure out how to talk about patents in a cool way. And I'm like, well, wh- why don't you do a radio show, you know? And um, why don't we do like, kind of like Shark Tank for radio where, you know, you have some entrepreneurs come on and they pitch and then you can have somebody who you interview. And then that's where Passage to Profit was born. And three years later, I mean, it's going, it's going on strong, you know, and, yeah. and again, has led me back to news talk radio, which is like, I, I, there's something with this news talk thing, man. I got it. I don't know. I have to figure out what God's doing well with all this, but like, I always end up <laughs> at a talk station. So we'll see, you know, what God is doing there, but it's been a wonderful privilege to be able to work with them. They're such good people. And I'm so thankful to them because, you know, even in those times where, I felt, you know, rejected from other opportunities. The Gearhearts, like, 
you know, they're, they're, they see potential in people and they want to make sure that people have opportunities to grow and thrive. And the fact that they let me be a part of their show, like I'm so blessed. Like, I, you know, it's nothing I didn't, you know, I pray for opportunities and sometimes opportunities come and you're like, Oh, well, you know, yeah, I love to be a part of, of what you do, you know? So it's like, and they don't have to, right. So it's like, um, I'm thankful for them. You know, Aww. and I just pray that God continues to bless them abundantly because they have been very good people to me. Well, you guys are such an amazing combination, honestly. Like it was such a cool show Thank to be you. a part of. I was like, I was so honored to be a part of that. You know, it was like, you know, cause I'm very, I'm very new in the scene. I've only been doing this since August. Oh, wow. Year. I thought you've been doing it long. See, you know, you're, this is what you're supposed to be doing. Yeah, well, we can have a conversation about that because I feel like you and I are very in alignment of like, I'm just a messenger and I'm yeah. here to, I'm really here to bring this different kind of awareness that we've never really, a lot of people choose to ignore or just not paying attention to. And I like mm -hmm. to say, discover myrony in your inner superpower. So I call mine, I have a very strong gift of claircognizance, which it sounds like you do too, because of your gift of knowing that you were going to be a radio, you know, <laughs> like at age five, it's that, it's that literally that knowing that you're like, I don't know why I know this, but I know this. And mm -hmm. I have discovered that I really have this. And then I started paying attention to the signs, which I know is given by God. And from, you know, our, our, mm -hmm. our, who, who, you know, I've lost both my parents. So I believe they give me signs, you know, there's just, just beautiful things happen that like, literally, if you listen to my podcast, it has happened almost in real time. Mm -hmm. where I will like record something and then I'll meet somebody and I'll be like, will you be on my podcast? And then another thing will happen. And it's like, <laughs> it's just yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's everything is synchronizing. Like your, your life synchronizes it. Yeah. I, I just do believe that, you know, nothing is an accident. You know, I believe that God uses it all. I, I believe in divine timing, you know, yeah. I'm a bit, you know, they're like, it, it's just, nothing is coincidental. Right. Well, and, it, and, and that's, that's instead of, instead of synchronistic, I say myronistic because yep. there's an action. And so I hope that you'll be able to start sharing this word and helping me get it out to the world because wouldn't it be fun for people to share their myronies in addition to their selfies on social media? <laughs> a thousand percent. I think it's more, even more meaningful, right? Because I think, especially now people are in a time where they're looking for answers and they want hope and they they need inspiration. And, you know, I have nothing against like celebrity stuff, but it's just like, you know, it would just most be people nice. can't, re can't relate to that. Right. Like, I yeah. mean, I don't care about like a car you just bought or how many gold chains you have or how like I, I, people are going through it, you know, and but they, wouldn't they it be, but Kenya, wouldn't it be cool if a celebrity actually shared a story? Like you just shared your oh, story. Thousand percent. I mean, that's, to that's what, people need, you yeah. know, I mean, all of this extra superficial, like nobody, people don't care about that. Trust mm -hmm. me. Like, I, I mean, people who are really going through it, they, they want to hear what you have gone through to get to this space. You know, that's the one thing I feel like that social media does a disservice of is it just, it shows people arriving, right. Yeah. But it doesn't show the process. It doesn't show like, you know, all the things that people had to go through in order to get to a certain phase in life. And it's like, you know, like you were saying, like about talking about the good, the bad and the ugly, like, I think people need to see those parts. I think people they need do. to understand the brokenness. They I need to understand that, you know, it, everything doesn't just happen, you know, and you don't just arrive one day. Like right. there's a lot that goes along with that. You know, I mean, God, like I sometimes ask God, I'm like, am I, can I just get a break? <laughs> no kidding. I, 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 I ask that question all the time, but I want to share Kenya, how I came up with the word is that, yeah. um, people. So I have a really crazy story where I, um, I used to own a restaurant. It went bankrupt in, uh, you know, in the, the crash of 2008, a lot of things where I lost both my parents. I had to deal with chronic pain. I like mm. just even drug and alcohol issues because of pain and that sort of thing. And but I would be given these signs that would just kind of keep me going, keep me going. I was even suicidal. There was one time I actually did try. And, you know, that's all part of the story because I want people, it's just like you're mm -hmm. saying, I want people mm -hmm. to know, even in your darkest days, you can pull yourself out. And, 100%. but how I came up with the word is I used to sell Jaguars and Land Rovers. I got into the car business and mm -hmm. <laughs> that's a Myrene in itself. Yeah. But 
people would say, how do you say your last name? And I say, it's like ironic with an M. I'd be like, there's a lot of irony in my life and people would laugh. And then mm -hmm. one day I will never forget when it hit me. And I was like, oh, this is a universal word for everyone. Mm -hmm. My irony, my irony. Yeah. Take out the I, it's not about I. Right. Something so much greater. And so then I realized that on social media that literally we could shift that mm -hmm. energy if people start sharing their myronies. I'd like to say instead of their selfies, but I don't think that'll go away completely. Yeah, I mean, selfies, get... <laughs> selfies are cool. You know, I just, my whole thing is like, I just want to connect with stuff that's going to help me you know, wow. in the moment and, and get to the, get to the next level. And maybe I need just an inspirational post where I'm like, ah, oh, like I needed that. Right. Like mm -hmm. I always, sometimes even on social media, I'll come across posts. Like there was a post that I came across today and I was like, oh, that, that was, I needed that, you know, it, it, it inspired me and I needed it at that moment. And maybe if I wasn't scrolling, I wouldn't, have, you know what I mean? So I think things like this are important because it could be used as a, as a powerful tool to keep, get people right back on the right track. You know? Yeah. Well, maybe yeah. we'll be able to collaborate and you can help me getting this because I just, again, just a messenger, just trying to get the word out, just trying to bring this awareness. So, so I'm curious, though, for iHeartRadio, because I mean, I know with Passage to Profit, so how many shows are you involved in? Oh, God, a lot. I feel like, so. <laughs> but, but palatable, right? Like, so I, I host, um, Building Black Biz, which is a platform that iHeart launched about a year ago that talk that talks about Black entrepreneurs and their stories and their struggles and, and things that they face as a minority-owned business. So I, I'm a host of that. I also, I work with Passage to Profit. And then I have Power Move, which is my own segment um, that, you know, I've been blessed to be able to do um, alongside the Gear Hearts. And yeah, so, so those are like the three right now. Mm -hmm. Um, I, there's also another podcast that I host. I wouldn't say seasonally. It's when we create content for it's called good for you. It's actually with, um, Metro plus health plan. We has, actually just did one a few weeks ago. Um, on finding your hustle. So it was all about like non-traditional hustles in a time where, you know, you need to create and stay inspirational. So we talked to a lot of non-traditional, um, you know, hustlers like DJs and, and some people who have worked alongside, some celebrities and, and took that and to the next level and created their own stuff. So, so that was cool. So a, a bunch of stuff. I feel like I'm always just like creating and, and going with the flow. Oh, that's amazing. I mean, this has just been so incredible, this conversation. I never know where it's going to go. That's what I love about it. It's like, I mean, holy geez, we just heard some incredible divine ironies that you've been through and to hear where oh, you are now you. and and really truly having the power of your voice because you really are an inspiration and um i just love the story that you shared and i feel so honored that you shared it here so thank you thank you i i appreciate the opportunity to share you know i mean my husband's like god you talk so much and <laughs> He actually, came, he actually peeked in here when we were, and he already, he opened the door and he's like, oh my God, she's talking. She's talking again. So he. <laughs> but it's your story that people can connect to. It's like oh, exactly what you said. So it's like, yeah, yeah you got to share your story. Cause if you don't share it, how's it's anybody true. going to know? You know, and what's yeah, funny you is I was a really shy kid and I, I and I can't, I don't want to speak that over myself. Cause I, I, I can be an introvert. I can be an introvert at times, depending on the situation, yeah. but I was, a, I didn't talk a lot as a kid. And it's funny, my, own, my <laughs> own mother will say to me, like, she'll be like, who are you? <laughs> but I, oh, I would talk to my sister. Like she was the only one who I felt like I could really be, you know, myself with. So, you know. I'm making oh, up for the talking now, but sometimes I, I am it. really quiet into myself. So yeah. it all depends. Well, I love that. And so how can people connect with you and, you know, listening to your different podcasts and yes. shows and for sure. So <laughs> you can connect with me on Instagram. It's probably the easiest way. It's at coach Kenya on Instagram. Um, you know, when it comes to the podcast that I do, if you go to buildingblackbiz.com, all of my podcasts are up there. There's actually a few other um, hosts who I do it with. So you'll see stuff from me. You'll see stuff from Angela Yee up there. There's a couple other um, uh, broadcasters that do some stuff up there too. So if you click around into the different podcasts, you'll see my stuff. 
And then, you know, every Sunday night at 11 p.m. on WOR in New York City, we do Passage to Profit um, along with Power Move. So you can hear me there. Oh, well, thank you again, Kenya. This has just been so awesome. And I just, I can't get over the irony of what connected us. And I look forward to what we're able to, you know, create in the future because I definitely want to have you have you back on the show. Oh, I would, sure. and I would love to come back. I would love to come back. This was great. And again, I... I feel very humble about having this opportunity. So thank you. Oh, well, thank you. And to all the listeners, I'll see you next time. Thank you all for joining me on That's Myrony Podcast. I hope you enjoyed the Myronic stories shared today and possibly got you to connect to the Myronies in your own life. As you listen to this podcast, you'll start catching signs that are so subtle, but can have the biggest impact on your life. So pay attention to that inner voice and watch the Myronies appear in your life, just like the guest in my next episode. And please connect with me on Instagram, Facebook, and that'smyrony.com where you can share your unbelievable Myronies. Also, if you enjoyed what you heard and can take a moment to like, comment, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcasting platform, it would mean so much because that is how others are able to find this podcast. Finally, please also tell your friends and family about Myrony because wouldn't it be fun to see people share their Myronies on social media in addition to their selfies? And remember, if something happens that makes you say, well, that's ironic, it's not ironic at all. It's Myronic. Now that's Myrony. See you next time.